my next guest needs no introduction. Sean, working at ESPN, so does Laura Rutledge as she hosts NFL Live and, of course, part of uh, SEC Nation as well. Laura, welcome. Uh, by the way, what was that little outfit your daughter was wearing the other day I saw? <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if I'd get a question about that. Yeah, uh, It's actually a funny story. So uh, for those who didn't see it, Reese was dressed up in a little LSU gymnastics leotard. And it was a gift from LSU when she was born. Now, Florida gave her plenty of gifts, too, so she's outgrown all of her gator stuff. But that was one thing that didn't fit her for the longest time because she's a little bit smaller. So she finally was big enough to wear it. We put it on and, of course, had to take a photo. And, you know, my, my colleagues, Ryan Clark and Marcus Spears, are the big LSU guys. Oh, yeah. They loved it. But I have heard from a few Florida people, like, come on, what are you doing? Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. We're pushing her to Gainesville or Tuscaloosa based <laughs> on her dad. But <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got competing schools, and then but uh, but yeah, um, we got I, lots of time. <laughs> you do, yes, you do. I don't know where to start here. I mean, there's it's almost like every day there's some new wrinkle here, Laura. But it seems to me, eventually, we're going to get to super conferences. Is that what what you believe? Yes, I do. And I was laughing thinking about talking to you today because I feel like if you went back and, you know, sort of listened to our conversations, I'm sure this is true with many of your guests, too. We've all kind of been thinking that, right? Yes. And, and then it didn't feel as realistic until it just continues to feel more and more like what's going to happen. And, you know, listen, as somebody who obviously works in the TV world, I feel like this is no secret, but I feel like I can speak to this even a little bit more that so much of this is around TV deals and, and how it's going to be. And, and even how people view TV now, people are in more of an a la carte world. So it's, hey, how do I want to stream whatever shows I like? Essentially, college football is going in that direction, too. And if you're thinking, well, how does that have to do with anything? That's where all the money comes from, and that's what matters most. And so I think as this continues to evolve and, and we continue to see super conferences being the trend that we're headed toward, toward, a lot of it really does go back to the TV money being involved and that being a big piece of what fuels everything. And that that's where... It does serve the fan if you really think about what fans like nowadays, but it is going to be a dramatic change and a very swift shift from what we've been used to. When do you think, I mean, a lot of people think Notre Dame is a linchpin here, it, but isn't this sort of survival of the fittest? I mean, that, that whole thing about the alliances and the power, that is so yesterday. So where does this now fit in? Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's like a, a Game of Thrones of college football. You know, who, <laughs> yeah. can, who can join up together before somebody else gets there? And, and that's why, you know, as much criticism as you see UCLA and USC and people saying that's so unrealistic to, to match with the Big Ten, I agree. I mean, it, may, it makes you say, as someone who appreciates college football tradition, like, what under the sun are we doing here? And how does it even make sense geographically? <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, but again... It goes back to the money, as we all keep saying, and it goes back to the overall product trending toward the super conferences. And, and to your point about survival of the fittest, it is. It's, it's which schools have the biggest brand names, the most money coming in from donors, the best ratings on television. Notre Dame, of course, is a pinnacle ratings giant there. Which of these schools end up being able to say, yeah, I'm good enough to be in the super conference world? And then, and then you say, 
what happens to everybody else? And and that's where I, I think we've we've felt this coming of, okay, we'll have the elite of the elite, these super conference type teams. The SEC is is going to be king there as it is now. And then you're going to have a next tier. Uh, and I, I think it still works. I think it's still going to end up having the same fun that we've all been used to. It's not like it changes the, the actual product on the field. In fact, maybe makes it better. But it's going to feel a little slimy for some people, I think. And that's where we're going to have to watch that all play out. And, and, and I think there will be an adjustment period of just trying to wrap our minds around what under the sun is going on every day. Yeah, no doubt about that. The other thing that I think in all this that's missing a little bit is the plight of the student athlete. I mean, I, I can tell you from, you know, and I, I can only imagine you feel the same way. After a football season and flying around, and do, you must be going, Phew. well, think of you're going to go from L.A. to Piscataway and play volleyball or softball? No. Right? I mean, forget this thing about the welfare of the student-athlete. Am I wrong on that? No, I think you're absolutely right. And and the interesting piece of that is then you say, all right, so being full aware of the travel and some of the issues that are going to come up from having to be, you know, in a conference that doesn't make sense if you're one of these West Coast teams, how do you get people to go there? And it's not just football, but it's like these are two teams that have iconic, iconic reputations in multiple sports. When you think about UCLA in softball, for instance, you think about USC in, in so many different sports that over the years. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that that's going to be easy to recruit to, yeah. <laughs> right? And I mean, you think about Lincoln Riley you know, going to USC from the football perspective. He's a great recruiter, and certainly he's taken advantage of some of the NIL world that we're in right now in that wild, wild west. But how is he going to convince people to, to go there with all of that in mind? And, and maybe it won't matter. Look, I mean, maybe, maybe he's going to recruit a bunch of guys that want to go play in the snow and, and also – want to then fly back to the West Coast and, like, be in the sun. I don't know. Uh, but but it does seem really, really difficult to process if you're a college athlete. And I, and I think that's where, you know, it, it, it's becoming so murky of if we can even call these people student-athletes anymore, right? It, yes. It's almost like, okay, you're, you, are, you are a pro athlete who happens to be in school right now until you go on to your next pro level or maybe you make enough money – while you're in school, that it's not even an issue for you. I mean, it, it, money's flying around like crazy from that standpoint. But I do worry about just the experience for them and, and if we're really doing – because I, I don't – I mean, listen, are, are people really sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be the best thing possible for these kids? No, they're not. Uh, and, and that's where you wonder who advocates for them, especially with the NCAA sort of taking another backseat in all of this. Yes, they are taking yet another backseat. BB has a question for you. <laughs> Says, since men's sports in general and historically have garnered more attention and have generated more revenue, it would seem plausible NIL money will go to disproportionately to men and will adversely affect the intent, if not the letter, of Title IX for women and perhaps foster a certain level of perceived tiered lower value for women versus men in sport. What are your thoughts? I, I mean, I think women have done, I mean, g- gymnastics team here. I think the NIL deals for some of the women athletes have been good as well. But your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it, it's a really good question because, you know, as we know, even here, ironically, a little bit in the 50th anniversary of Title IX, uh, just recently having passed, you know, we have seen major advancements in women's sports and, and what women are given. And then and then NIL being sort of that next step for women, especially because a lot of these sports don't have a great opportunity to go pro, or if they do, it's not that the women are going to continue that way. And so it gives them a chance to make some money, gives them a chance to market themselves in ways that they really were limited in before. I mean, a lot of times it was just sort of a given that some of these stars in the on the male side would end up going on and, and making great money and marketing and all of that, and they all did. And the women just sort of had an abrupt end, and <laughs> that was it, you know? Uh, so we've seen some of that. What, what I do think is true, and, and to the point of the question, is that you are seeing – there's no way it's going to be equal, right? Because right. there's no way that, that some of these people who are doing these deals are going to say, oh, yeah, you know, this, this guy's got all these followers and all this marketing and all of this potential – and and this woman is very marketable, but but not quite at that same level. And that, that's that's tough. You know, I mean, it's 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 weird because you never want to say, well, you know, at least we got something. Kind of that's kind of how it feels for for the women right now. It's it's a positive step. It's so much still needs to change. And I would go back once again. And I've, I've said this a few times about Title Nine. I. I firmly believe, and, and look, I mean, we're trying at ESPN, but I firmly believe that it's on a lot of us from the broadcasting side and from the promotional side, you know, in media to promote women's sports, to continue to bring people on. I mean, you mentioned gymnastics. When I was covering gymnastics on SEC Network, there was never a time that somebody said, oh, I tuned into Friday Night Lights or Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Heights for the first time, and, and I didn't like it. You know, it was always that if we could just get people to tune in, they would become gymnastics fans. And we all know the arenas are packed, oftentimes more than they are for the men's sports at that time of year. But it's just a matter of getting the fans there and then keeping them. And I think that's almost more on us to continue to fuel that. And then hopefully that brings more NIL deals, more exposure, and more promotion for these women. Yeah, I mean, look what happened with softball. The softball final outgrew the college baseball final. So to your point. Um, Last question, Uh, NFL training camps, uh, flipping the page here, soon to open up. Um, I think, Laura, this has a chance to be a really fascinating NFL season. I think there's, I mean, we all know the good teams, but I think others, maybe like maybe the Chargers, the Eagles who have made some improvements, I think this has the, the, the chance to be a really good NFL season. You must be looking forward to it. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't mention your Jets, who had a great draft. Yes, they did. I, I know why you didn't. <laughs> y- yes, thank you, because uh, history shows, yes. <laughs> yeah, That's a sore subject. Uh, no, I-, I think it's going to be a fantastic NFL season. And, and then, I mean, even just the storyline of the Buffalo Bills alone, who seemingly are so stacked and ready to go, and not sure you find a, a more likely team right now to win the Super Bowl, but yet – Somehow you got to always think about Patrick Mahomes and those Chiefs lurking even without Tyreek Hill. They really like their offensive weapons. They like some of the improvements that they've made. What's going to happen with the Browns and Baker Mayfield? I think we're going to get some clarity on Deshaun Watson, but I don't expect him to play this season. So that's really interesting. Jacoby Brissett, former Florida guy, is mm-hmm. he going to be out there starting for the Browns? I mean, they're a really good team 
need a quarterback that's going to be able to lead them, but they're a really, really good team. So they're fascinating. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I mean, you, you, you just look around all of these divisions. And then, by the way, I didn't even mention Aaron Rodgers and the Packers being without Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams over with the Raiders in that crazy, crazy, crazy strong division in the AFC West. So there, there is so much that I think we're going to – you know, be excited about in the lead up. And then it's all going to get flipped on its head because I believe there's a lot of parody right now. There are a lot of teams to your point that could end up surprising people and it's going to be so much fun to watch. I can't wait. Yeah. And training camps will open before you know it. Laura, always a pleasure. Thank you for making time. And, uh, We'll see where this craziness goes in college, but uh, I, I don't think anybody really knows, but at some point we'll find out. Thank you for the time. Thank you, Steve. Talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, Laura. Laura Rutledge, uh, she is tremendous. She's just so talented, um, and we're proud that she's an alum here.